There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Starting. <gasps> Here's me. Really? Great way to start the show, honey. That's really nice. Thank you, Really nice. Bad dog. Bad dog. Tom Bernard Show with Hackmaster Ralph Tobasham, MD. L.A. Nick. Catherine Brent. Andy Brent Bernard. Cassie Schrader. And we have a guest this hour that's going to torture Andy. It's going to be wonderful. <laughs> torture it's going to be Andy. fantastic. Mm. I'm not telling you what it's all about. Forget it. And don't try to look it up either, Andy. Back <laughs> off. Okay. We will be right back. The news is next. Tom Bernard Show. Walzer Automotive Group started in Minnesota over 60 years ago. Most people know something about the Walzer way. Upfront, no haggle pricing, work with one person from start to finish, or the free lifetime powertrain warranty on most vehicles sold in Minnesota. What you might not know is they are the only automotive group that is a member of the Keystone Club. They join such great Minnesota companies as General Mills, Target, Cargill, the Twins, Wolves, and Vikings in pledging 5% pre-tax profits to local charities. It's a great example of their core values. Do the right thing, display positive energy, be open-minded, and lead by example. So if you're in the market for a new or used car, check out walzer.com or stop into one of their dealerships. Please don't say, tell them Tommy sent you, because it sounds fake, and I hate it. Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. It's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? uh, Either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. Oh, I thought you were playing Come As You Are. I heard the bass I did, too. I thought it was Come As You Are. I thought it was, too. What is this, Peter Gunn sneaking <laughs> through the city? It's called Sail. Oh, Sail, yeah. A Sail? It's called, it's by AWOL Nation. They're kind yeah, of like, like a... I should know who that <laughs> should be. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, AWOL Nation. Well, never mind then. <laughs> They're kind of like um, a mix between like Depeche Mode and I'm trying to think of the other band I Depeche thought Depeche Mode. Yeah. They were huge. Depeche Mode and Guar. <laughs> yeah, maybe Guar. Guar? Why does Guar keep coming up? I don't, I don't know. know. They're performing costumes. I don't even know if I have Guar on here. So, Nick, why are they letting these 3D guns 
be available on the internet when we were all struggling with gun laws and what to do about well, all the crazies with guns. I'm sure you still need a gun license. So yeah. it's like, yeah. But they do go on sale tonight at midnight. Well, then, I mean, why not just buy it? Are, are they super cheap or something? No. Well, then why not just get it Because they're undetectable. Oh, they're not made of metal. They're completely so. undetectable. Oh. Really? That's not good news. That's, That's good. Yeah, they're going to be illegal pack it in, in your about. Suitcase and walk on an airplane. They're going to be that illegal in about not, five minutes. No. 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 That should not be legal. No, no, but no. I do think they would find bullets. I mean, you have to yeah. still use real bullets. Yeah. No, yeah. no, no, they're X-raying your bag when you go through carry-on. Right. So they can't take it in a carry-on. Well, so. I'll tell you the truth. I've recently have flown with some pretty weird things and metal things. I took a... You know, imagine s- the weird things that your wife I has t- flown with. <laughs> <laughs> I took a single-cylinder motorcycle engine in a suitcase oh, to Mexico City, and mm. guess what? Nobody asked me what it was. That's great. That's looked nice. like a bomb. Yeah, really. Nobody a- said, what is in this bag? Oh, it was a carry-on? Yeah. Huh. Cool. And I brought it there and brought it back both ways, and nobody asked me what it was. Now, Tell them your you 1986 that? story. I had there, somebody Catherine. work on it down there. Tell them your 1986 story returning home from Chinatown in New York. A bag full of fireworks? <laughs> 50 pounds. She put 50 pounds oh. of fireworks in the overhead. No, no, I checked it. And no, no, nothing happened. Oh, right? well, that's much better. <laughs> oh, that, that makes and a lot of sense. Nothing happened to her. Nothing happened, no. 50 pounds of explosives. They didn't even look at it. Yeah, I believe it. Jesus. It's well, not that. Bring them home. We didn't shoot them well, all off. It's, like, okay. It's like my experience coming back from Switzerland. We went, we went through Zurich, and I uh, had hiked down. We were in Zermatt. I'd hiked down from the Gonagrat, sat down once to put a, a Band-Aid on a blister, put my pack, I laid my pack down, picked my pack back up, went left, got to Zurich Airport. I left a battery in my case that they were supposed to be taken out. Oh, uh, yeah. Just look at separate. So they, they took my bag. And they immediately swiped it with the with the tag yeah. and the stuff. Mm-hmm. And they and they, and the guy comes back. He swipes it a second time. I said, "Is everything okay?" He said, "No." And I go, "Oh, I got a problem." So they they, they immediately uh, they they immediately said, "Will you come with us?" He said, "These two guys dressed oh, in black, great. heavily armed, took me over to some you know some little booth over there, and they talked to me a little bit." And I said, "I, I don't know what's what's going on." And so they went through all my all the stuff that I was going to carry on. Nothing was weird. They uh, fi- finally uh, uh, let me let me come out of this little booth. They had closed the line I was in and each mm. line on either side. Oh, wow, well, you were they, they, dis- they were serious you were a about danger. it. I was a danger. And there were three. They, when I finally came out, there were two guys in brown and two three guys in black, all heavily armed, ready to like. Now, why were they so concerned about this? Because I set, because they shoot avalanches with explosives in Zermatt. That residues on the ground, oh, even the side gets on my bag. They swipe the bag. That's exa- that's the only reason because I had no, I hadn't been carrying ammo been, or anything. I've only been pulled out once my whole life, and that was last year, and it was in Italy. And they all they want to, they pulled me out of line and put me in a separate thing room, mm-hmm. and they want to know how much cash I had. How much cash? Yes. Mm. Yeah, well, because of you drug do deals. Like Don't know. They would say you do look like a thug. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> they took one look at you and said, "Muff." And you know what? It's the same place. It's the same place that uh, the Snoop Dogg got busted for a bunch of cash, and they took it from him. Why? Because you're not allowed to bring a bunch of cash into a country. No. Well, that's true. Yeah, yeah it's like can. a yeah. ten thousand dollars or something. I think it's a hundred grand in Italy. Well, it was at the time, but he mm. had three hundred thousand or six hundred thousand. They took half of it from him. Yikes. They took half oh. of it from me. Well, don't carry $600,000 in cash. Oh, God, you know what? I, I Doesn't got my anybody use travel checks anymore? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 600 grand. And, of course, they asked Nancy. And you know, Nancy, she's, so, she's scared of anything. She's like, oh, oh. <laughs> she made us look guilty. <laughs> Honest to God. Yeah, never what a burst world. into tears when you're Yeah. <laughs> Because Nancy will burst into tears in a second. I'm like, you know what else happened? <laughs> yeah, that's they not good. She's a, she's a typical North Dakotan. She'll tell you every bad thing ever, I've ever done in my life. Like, oh. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're screwed. You know what else he did? Okay, well, you nice. know, it all works out. Yeah, I, I get pulled aside all the time. Really? All the, yeah. I would think you time. would. Yep. Catherine For a while there, too. it was me. Yeah, I was constantly being pulled aside yep. all the time, and now I've only maybe once out every six flights. And now Nancy, now you are Nancy gets yeah. that that's in it, that's pre-check thing now automatic yep. every ticket she buys. Yeah, How are you that. getting that? I was told by an agent because I asked why do I get pulled aside so often, 
He said, because you have to bow your shoulders together to get through the, the screener machine. Because uh, if I walked in, my my shoulders won't fit in that door. I suppose they could go well, sideways. I think they let you do it sideways. Together well, and then, they don't care as long as you get in the thing. Well, they do care if you crunch, scrunch your shoulders together. You can't touch the sides of the machine. You can't. Oh. You cannot touch the sides. Yeah, Although the new ones footprints. are, the new ones are, yeah, they've got that footprints you and the you, footprints. yeah, those are, yeah. That's maybe, all anybody has now. Yeah. yeah. Maybe she went and did the trusted traveler number. She didn't, but she always gets pre-checked and it makes me mad. It does, <laughs> but I use American Express. I and, like that. And I have a Delta American Express. Mm-hmm. So I just flip out, or not, not uh, I have not, sorry, not American, I do use American Express, but I have a Delta card. So I just show it and then he they get in front of the line. Now it's not pre-check, but you get in front of the line. Mm-hmm. Now they've got a new iris thing. What's that called? Clear. Clear, Clear right. Yeah. Has yeah. anybody tried? Did you have that? Uh, no? I, I did the iris thing and the, foot, the fingerprint thing. Oh, that was 15, 20 years ago when I was flying to L.A. all the time. And they and, and, and I went through that, and that was, I guess, the prototype of this. But I don't think it's really worth it because you save two minutes. Well, it's, you know, the, the new license went in effect yesterday, day before yesterday for Minnesota. Oh, yeah. Smart oh, license. Right. So, so if you have an old license, you cannot fly out of the state with it. Unless you have a passport. Unless you have a passport. I thought you had until October of next year. Well, I, no, you had until they came out with it. So and now, I guess it's. I guess you'd be grandfathered in. I think it's the first January, not October. Well, it's January, not October. I think it's January, yeah. And, and people under 21, their licenses are vertical. Yeah. Rather than horizontal. Yeah. Oh. Mm. And rather than horizontal, they go up and down if you're under or you're 21. Oh, so they know if they can drink or not. Oh, cool. So yeah. I just got a new one because I changed the dress, and they sent me an old one. What? Yeah. And I went down. I said, well, why did I get the smart one? They go, oh, well, you have to pay for that. So it's, when I fly, oh, no. I have to bring my passport with me because yeah. I don't have the... Well, can you, don't just, ha- can I, you just I, go get an upgraded yep, license? Yep, yep, you can go get one. How much it cost? Like five hundred dollars? No, no. Why no, did no. Dayton do this? He's, he's the an one idiot that didn't because he's psychopathic. He's going to cost anything. too much money. <laughs> a passport costs a lot more money than a driver's license does. Mm, it well, does. it took me like two months just to get my regular driver's license. Oh yeah, now, I have to oh, fly yeah. at the end of August. Try to get a title for your car. Uh, it's like four months. Oh, Melissa's going to have to do that soon, actually. It's like four months right now. Fun. It's ridiculous. To get what? To get your title. If you go buy a car. Four months. That's what it took me. Four months. And cool. I did I did four four in a row, four bikes in a row. It took me four months to get each one. It's not That's fair. Insane. It's not fair. Well, Minneapolis does have clear, so. Yeah, Minneapolis does have clear. Yeah, we yeah. signed up for clear. Yeah, oh, you did. Yeah. What's clear again? They just I, they they read your iris. Instead yeah. of having to take out your ID, you they do an iris scan and you get through. But you know what? TSA that's giving faster. a lot. Of, that's, Not much. I don't wouldn't do In that. Minneapolis, the people were really whipping through that had clear. Yeah. I don't know about all airports. Yeah, but, Some airports seem to have better services but, than other with that stuff. And I've watched it in San Francisco, Denver, and Minneapolis, and L.A. a little bit, and. They, it's just not. If you have gone through, have gone through a trusted traveler program, you get the pre-check. Yeah. I've watched, and they're so they go to the head of the line. Okay, well, there's four people in front of me. I mean, it just, it just. It, it depends on how busy it is. Well, it's, it's just, yeah, that's right. It depends on how busy it is, but by and large, it's an insignificant amount of time. In Minneapolis, at least, the pre-check line is a lot of times much longer than the regular line to get through security. I agree. Much longer. I agree. I've ditched, oh. I've ditched the pre-check one and gone into the regular line a couple of times. Sometimes it's longer, yeah. But none of them, all of them are a breeze compared to the Paris airport. Yeah. That airport system, you're going through that gauntlet, it's a nightmare. You got to dodge pickpockets? No, but it's just forever. <laughs> it's a forever line. No, but one thing I have to say about Europe, if you're late, if you're late, you, somebody will bring you up to the front of the line and put you right through. Yeah, that right. never happened in right. America, man. You're right. sitting there. You're missing your flight. Yeah, that's weird that they make you miss your flight. Almost any country fault. in Europe will bring you to the front of the line. Yeah, well, you on so, that point. so you're supposed to inconvenience everybody else because everybody else got there on time and you got there late. Pretty yeah, much. Pretty oh, much. So, so, so you should be. Able to, so, so you just. So yeah, that is a very European attitude. But in Europe, Europe, that's what they do. They'll bring you to the front. I've, well, I've gotten to the airport, especially Paris Le Gaulle, and the line is literally two hours long. And I say to the person, hey, listen, my flight's Enough. in an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Am I going to make it? And they say, well, when it gets close, if you're not close, we'll bring you up. And they do. Well, that's good. They bring you right up to the front. Do you still have to stay in line for an hour and a half? 
pretty much. Wow. And what stinks about if you have a layover in, 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 in that airport, you still have to go to baggage and walk out of the terminal. They, it's mandatory. You can't just go to your, your gate. Really? Yeah, really. See, they make you leave thing. the terminal, and you have to get back in and go through the whole oh gauntlet God. again. Oh, God. So if you're going to Paris Legault Airport, make sure you have your layover. is at least two and a half hours away. You just not go to Paris. So you will not make your connecting flight. That's why I like to fly private, because you can show up with a machine gun and a Bowie knife. <laughs> and a couple of dogs. Well, not all, of us, of dogs. Not all of us can afford that. <laughs> yeah, not all of us. Jets. Some of us might know somebody named, oh, I can't really say whose name it is. It's, it's not me. I can guarantee you that. That I can guarantee you. Yeah, we know quite a few people have private jets. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Kind of cozy up to them more. Yeah, we do. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Yeah. It's more important to have friends that have private jets than friends who have boats. Yeah. Absolutely. Or friends who might be well, really have, good friends. We yeah. don't need those. Well, they have a jet. They probably have a boat. <laughs> right. Well, it's true. That, yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't have a boat, and I would definitely have a jet. Yeah. Why don't people do that? Why don't they group up and get private jet hours? Because then they're going to fight about, I yeah. want the jet this weekend. Actually, you can do that. You can, there's clubs. You can do that. Yeah, you yeah, can do clubs. that. But I've got to believe, clubs. if you're flying all the time, let's say if you're on business or whatever, wouldn't it be just as expensive to fly that as it would a private jet? I don't think so. No. No, no. no. no the jets are very expensive. Well, yeah. They it's, are really the, the, expensive. The crew is what's expensive. Oh, that's and true. the gas and the maintenance. Yeah, and you know, it's, I mean, the crew. The, yeah. main, the maintenance, Perfect. but the crew. Yeah. The crew. If you have one jet, you need. Yeah. If you have one jet, you need uh, two pilots and a co-pilot, or one pilot and two and, co-pilots. And then and the maintenance people. And the maintenance person, yeah. and you need one staff to uh, be the attendant. I mean, it's just a huge amount. Yeah, of yeah it's a lot of money. Oh. It's not as much fun to fly fly private now that I don't drink. That's Back right. when you used to drink, you just hammer everything. Remember the old days? I have some pictures that were taken on a plane in like 84, and we're just hammered. Oh, then, yeah. I think we were, we were going to the bathroom. We were not even going to the bathroom, but sitting at the seat doing bumps of blow. And people, that's when you could smoke, and it's everybody's smoking. And, and you're, hitting on, you're hitting on the stewardess, and she's hitting on you. And I just remember the key. And by the way, I kind of learned that through the grapevine from Jay Leno. Jay Leno was making, I believe, thirty-five or forty million dollars a year, and when, when you included his tour dates, he was making over fifty million a year. And he always flew private, but never owned a jet. I said, "Why would I buy a plane? I know tons of people that have private planes I can use." The best, the best <laughs> private plane stuff I ever saw is is Led Zeppelin, oh, all yeah. sitting in a private jet, and Elton John's in the center in a baby white grand piano playing. Playing rock oh yeah, yeah, I've it's seen that. Awesome, man! It's the most awesome, and it's they're in a jet, and the clouds are going by the windows. Although Iron Maiden's jet's pretty damn cool. Oh, it was, yeah, they retired it, but yeah. Did they? Yeah, they retired. No, they retired. Seven fifty-seven. Yeah, they retired it. That's too bad. Seven five seven. Yeah, it was oh, seven fifty-seven. Yeah. yeah, it was, and and the lead singer or yeah. the lead is it the lead singer, or lead guitarist? Lead, lead singer, Bruce lead, Dickerson. He's, yeah, a, he's Bruce a commercial right. pilot. He's a commercial. He's pilot. a commercial so pilot. He, he's the only one who ever flew it. Remember what he did? They did. You just Google Iron Maiden's plane. It comes right up. Remember what they did to Kanye West? Kanye West took a picture in front of a private jet and goes, look at me standing in front of my private jet. And Iron Maiden Bruce Dickerson takes a picture of his 757 with him sitting, sitting in, the, in the, fly, the pilot seat going, come on, man, please. <laughs> he, flies his, he flies his plane. He flies yeah. his own plane. Well, you know, they're all, they were always all sober and drug-free band and, yeah. and health, you know, healthy and... That's why they can still tour, and many other people Great can. Great guys, too. They're very, very You know what? Nice they really people. are. They most, Nico lives in, in West Palm, you know. Yep, yep, yeah. I do know. Yeah. We will be right back in just a couple of seconds, ladies and gentlemen. Part 2, Hour 2, Tom Bernard Show. It's Tom telling you how easy it's been to lose weight at Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth with their weight loss plan. I'm down over 77 pounds, and I have one more round to go to shed the rest of my unwanted pounds. Find out how to have success losing weight like I did by attending the Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth free informational dinner. It is on Monday, August 20th, 6 p.m. at Jake's in Plymouth. That extra baggage melts away really fast, and one of the best parts is it's just so easy. I am never, ever hungry. Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth has educated me on clean eating, and I now know the foods that work for me and the weight gain trigger foods. Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth will guarantee that you'll lose 20 pounds or more in just 40 days. Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth has helped me change my life, and they can help you, too. 
Register for the Nutramost Twin Cities and Plymouth Dinner on August 20th. Call 763-333-7337. That's 763-333-7337. If you are a homeowner, you do not want to miss this free event. We are hosting a free seller workshop where we are going to teach you how to net between thirty dollars to $60,000 more on your home sale. Plus, we are going to share our proven systems that will instantly put the control back in your corner. Guarantee yourself the results you deserve when it comes time to sell your house. Our exclusive workshop will be sold out shortly, so call now to secure your free ticket by calling 763-401-SOLD or by visiting sellerworkshop.com. This free seller workshop will be held the week of August 6th. The last workshop sold out very fast, so hurry and call Chris Lindahl Real Estate today to save your free ticket. So call now, 763-401-SOLD, or visit sellerworkshop.com for times, locations, and to secure your free ticket. Okay, you know how it works. Uh, I don't promote people that aren't the real deal or don't do the right thing. This is not a bare-bones situation at all. And the best part is it's free. Maybe. But, but, um, but, um, but, um. Come fly with me. Let's fly. Is this Ronan Farrow? <laughs> looks like it. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like it. He looks just like Ronan Farrow. Yeah. How did that happen? These were the good days, man. Oh, they were. God, Catherine was just playing Frank Sinatra the other night. We're sitting outside by the fire table and little Frank Sinatra playing. It was wonderful. I tell you, if you watch watch those guys like Frank Sinatra, oh, Dean Martin, and all those guys, they were, they were so hysterical, man. They were. Do you watch those old roasts, the original roast? Mm-hmm. Oh, they were very yeah, phenomenal. They uh, went to a wedding. The younger uh, younger person, um, late twenties, they played Frank Sinatra. Oh yeah, at the wedding. Oh, oh yeah. it's timeless music. Oh, it's yeah, timeless. It's a... I was talking to a friend of mine who was in another market, a big market, doing mornings, and they said, he said, they has pulled all the Beatles off of our station. They, they said the Beatles are too old. I said I have a twenty nine year old daughter. Whose favorite band is the Beatles? So, I wouldn't imagine anybody pulling the Beatles. They pulled the Beatles. I love the Beatles. I mean, how on earth could you pull the Beatles? Yeah, and what are you, 19? <laughs> 21. 21. She's 20. Yeah, she can drink legally. Yeah, I, I just, I don't know. There's a lot of, the, the, it's an interesting world right now, and I'll tell you, it, it really is because television, radio, and newspapers don't want to admit. <laughs> That not younger people don't use them. Listen, the Star Tribune's advertising on Facebook right now to get new subscribers, oh, and the comments are just brutal. Oh, they're <laughs> brutal. They like, are the brutal. comments are brutal, man. Yeah, it's terrible. Uh, Andy, do you do you know anybody under thirty five that even watches television, listens to the radio, or reads a newspaper? I don't. Um, yeah, Melissa does. She watches HGTV. Well, the HGTV? Yes. HG. 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 Home and Garden TV is yeah. not really watching television. Well, <laughs> you know what? Nancy, Nancy, Nancy does like to read the paper. Yeah? Sunday How old mornings. is she? She's 38. Yeah, see, she's aged out already. She reads the paper. Got to read it, and she's aged out already. She's yeah. over 35. Sorry. I started dating her. She was 20-something, so I was all proud of that. God, there's a story today about a guy, <laughs> about a, well, it was a girl, actually. Uh, she was engaged to a guy. Her family uh, be, wanted her to marry this guy. He's 20 years old. She was 11. Oh, uh, well, that's illegal. Yeah, you're not supposed Hopefully. to do that. Hopefully it's illegal. That would be good. That would be really, you know, I was really at, nice. I was at Starkey Foundation Gallo one year, and some oh lady from... Oh, my God. Excellent. <laughs> did it again. Some lady from Russia well, keeps, was trying to marry her, me, get me to marry her daughter, who was very young. Oh, God, oh, God. Why, why? And would... I was with Nancy, hmm. and they were, and she was. They were both beautiful well, women. The age of consent in Mexico is twelve. Oh, it is twelve. Oh, it's twelve now. That's, twelve that's in that's Mexico. Ridiculous. How do you say that in Spanish, Andy? Twelve. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh. Let's see. Doce. Doce. Yeah. Doce. Doce is twelve. Well, yep. They mm-hmm. usually having babies by then anyway. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Kind of true. Well, that's... Hey, me- Mexican men are relentless, man. <laughs> Why don't we Hispanic just destroy relentless. the show? Let's see, age. You, you can write to L.A. Mother's Nick in the nut house. That's yeah. right. Mother's mean age at first birth. I know his address. Let's see. <laughs> hey, by the way, L.A. L- L- Nick's officially copyrighted and trademarked as of yesterday. Oh, well, there you I go. Got, got it in the mouth from the federal government. Huh? Mexico's actually 21 years median age at first birth now. They've see? gone up. 
Sweet. Good for Mexico. Some places are, like Luxembourg, 30 years. What's Ooh, the youngest? 30, really? The youngest? Let's see. Some Slavic outfit. No. <laughs> <laughs> I looked right Africa. at Catherine. Mm, there's no probably uh, Africa, uh, yeah, somewhere in Africa. Chad, seventeen point yeah. nine. There you go. Some place in Africa. Seventeen point nine. That's still point nine's not bad. No, that's pretty good. Yeah, that so is. So the world's come a long way. Uh-huh. The youngest <laughs> girl ever to deliver a baby, I think, was nine. Yes. Oh, oh. I couldn't imagine it. Nine. 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 A baby. <laughs> she had delivered a baby. She was nine years old. Mm-hmm. That's brutal. Oh, Woo! God. That's a bit too much there. Yeah. I don't know. Where was uh, that? Do you know? Um, I think it was some Slavic nation. No, no she yeah. was. Um, I do not. Uh, she was Hispanic. <laughs> Catherine happens to be Slavic. That's yeah. why I'm railing on it. Lina Marcella Medina de Jurado. Of course. Uh, she gave birth LMS. at the age of five. Five? What? That's not possible. I don't think she's it's possible. She's from Lima, Peru. That's not possible. You can't have a baby at five. Why is it Lima, Peru, and Lima, Ohio? I, that's what I want to know. <laughs> they thought she had a tumor, but it turned out she was seven months pregnant. Somebody had sex with a five-year-old. Apparently. Well, how, but how, how could she have gone through puberty yeah. oh, that, that's, uh, at five? I don't know about that. I mean, come on. Did she eat her twin? Was she like a twin and her body consumed it? Because that's oh, yeah. happened before. That has happened before. They did have to get her a C-section, obviously. There are newborn babies smoking cigarettes in Indonesia. Well, <laughs> what? Same, yeah. It's a bit what are different. you talking about? The, the, the Indonesia, so all the American tobacco companies, when we started coming down on cigarettes, they moved right. to other countries. Yes, they in did. Indonesia, they moved to the hardest. Philip Marsh is all, there's billboards everywhere, and there's no law on how old you have to be to, buy, to smoke cigarettes. So that's, you can Google it. I think it's 98% of the population of Indonesia smokes. Smoke cigarettes? Yeah, and, and they Man. just Google baby smoking, and it's Indonesian babies blowing smoke rings. Like two-year-olds? Yeah, a two-year-old, and he's, and he's really overweight, and he's blowing smoke rings. Uh, I've seen that oh, picture, yeah, He's I in Indonesia. Seen him. I have yep. seen that picture. Indonesia yep. is the top, top country for to smoking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have Photoshop, too. No, no, this is video. Uh, this is all video. Well, they, can, they can do that for video now. Trust they me. Can, have, they can Photoshop Go video. to Indonesia. <laughs> you go to Indonesia. Too smoky. I'm not going. Oh, in 2017, when he was nine years old, he was slimmed down and he didn't smoke anymore. That's good. When so, he was nine? Yep. By the time he was nine, he good quit smoking. He kicked the habit. Yeah, he, now he He's been on a patch. bunch of shows. It's a true story. You got Nutrisystem? He was smoking it, too. <laughs> All right. This is going to be interesting. The New England Transport Agency has a new task at hand, and a seven-year-old girl to thank for the assignment, Zoe Carew, was traveling to see her grandparents in Eastbourne when she noticed a lineman sign along the side of the road indicating workers were dealing with power lines. And per the Guardian, she became incensed. She's seven years old, and she's incensed by this. Because, oh, let me guess, mommy told her to say that it should be line person. Uh, so incensed, in fact, that she penned a note to Fergus Gammy, uh, the transportation group's chief, telling him, uh, she thought the sign was wrong and unfair, as women could also perform yep. this work. Do you agree? She asked in the letter, which her mom posted oh, online. Oh, wow. There's a surprise. I wonder how uh, I knew please, that. Can you please change the sign to say line workers instead of something else correct and fair like that, or something correct and fair like that, she requested. Uh, I got We got to find out how much this costs them in New Zealand to change all those signs. It says linemen instead of... Well, it, how worker. many linemen are women? Zero? No, because I bet it's zero. There's probably a couple. Maybe a couple. Yeah, but calling them linemen doesn't mean that they can't do a better job than a man, aren't better workers. It's just a word. It, it, it's not that big a deal. It's, it's truly actually, not that big a deal. It's actually, isn't it a name of a position more than a oh, yeah, gender yeah. thing? A lineman. I mean, lineman, electrical linemen. It means you're, mm-hmm. you're well, I know. But at a certain I mean, level. It's the same right. thing like with work, workmen's comp. Right, they're going to change workers' comp? It's workers' comp. (laughs) It's workers' comp. It's workers' comp. It's been workers' comp forever. But linemen are a certain degree of level of people in that industry. You have to become a lineman. You don't just apply for a lineman job and get it. You mean you can't just climb electrical poles and start working on that without (laughs) a little training? Well, but they have laborers, but then they have a lineman who's just above everybody. It's like a foreman. So what about that? What about foreman? Can a woman can't be a foreman? Foreman. No, person. person. And, and a laborer is called a boy. 
It's a boy. That's what, yeah. that's, so would a hobo of his female be a hoe <laughs> Hey, thank you. Because thank hoe you. boy is what it, a hoe boy. They would, there were boys that would carry around hoes with I'd them. I'd be a hoe good. Farm workers. Well, the homeless people are <laughs> homeless people are overwhelmingly male. So yeah, that's true. And oh, linemen wow. are ninety-two percent male. So ninety-two percent. I would say it's pretty descriptive. I want. I'm going to complain to the building here uh, <laughs> that I want all the bathrooms to say the Z room. No, not women's room, not men's room. The Z room. That's getting crazy. I'll it tell you. It really is getting uh, psychotic. I can't even look at it anymore. I no, can't, I can't like, look at news feeds or Facebook, and I just. I get so stressed out. I don't even want to say it. I know. I agree. I know what you're saying. The the stalls lock. I don't care if there's a woman in there. I don't care either. Well, I don't don't see the the segregation. It's just, you know, so puritanical. I think that, you know, just just, there's bathrooms. Okay, you go into the bathroom. You know, that's the way it is. Actually, the woman cleaner, she walks right in the bathroom here. She does. She doesn't even say nothing. She She doesn't say a word. She just walks right in. Well, what I fear fear happened with her is that... It's very funny. (laughs) Right? Did you do it to you? Her sexual ambiguity comes out when she really has to go to the bathroom badly. (laughs) (laughs) And that, you know, at those times, that's when she questions what... I tell you what. I'm, I'm, I'm saying eight out of ten times I've used the bathroom here. She's walked in in the bathroom was right after I walked in. You know, you guys just remind I'm just sitting down wait. with Jude today. I get off the show, and I'm going to sit around for a little while before I come and take care of my duties on the show. And why were you watching the CW last night? I was. I didn't Somebody even turn was. on the TV. Oh, well, it was on the CW for some reason. <laughs> and the Jerry Springer show's on? <laughs> There was a black woman. That's not still on the air, though. It's rerun. Uh, it just ended recently. Just ended, really? Yeah, it wow. just ended. Yep. Uh, let's see. Here. Long run. So there's a large black woman, and she's complaining that her husband's having an affair with another woman. Ah, oh, God, I think I saw that episode. Yeah. <laughs> so you were watching it. <laughs> but here we go. Here's the best part. It lasted so, 17 years, June 13th, or June 13th, 2018, it ended. Wow. So, I, know, yeah. I know 15 years ago he was making $7 million a year Holy doing that show. moly. He did very well in that show. Jesus. He actually is a really good guy. Jerry Springer yeah, is a he's, really I've good guy. Yeah, he's a couple times. Nice guy. Really Wait, nice. did I say 17 or 27? 27 is what it is. Yes. You said 17. It's not 17, it's oh, 27. Wow. Oh, whatever. And by the way, Oprah Winfrey's show when it started was just like the Jerry Springer show. Mm-hmm. Really? It was identical. Oh, there were a million of those. Ricky Lake. And yeah, Ricky Lake. What's the black guy? Uh, Denzel. Montel Williams. No, Montel, yeah. Montel Williams. Montel. So, what happened to him? Denzel say, Washington. Montel You're Denzel. not the father. Jerry says to the wife, uh, you're going to have to go backstage because we're going to bring the other woman out now. And so she comes out, very attractive woman. Uh, she comes out and they talk talked to her and they said well did you go in the uh, in the uh, men's room with her husband yes yes i did uh did you have sex yes we did we uh, uh i performed oral sex on on her husband in the bathroom in the bathroom <laughs> then the husband comes out and they say there's something we got to tell you about the stripper she was born a man. That's like, <laughs> every, guy, that's like every episode. It yeah. really is every episode now. There's always a sex change involved. Oh, right? my God. He said, you telling me that I got some oral from a man? She goes, I'm not a man. Yeah, if you were born a man, you're a man. My, it's like, no. My favorite is that the guy will get up and start fighting because, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. well, you're really a man, so I guess I could hit you. And then wigs come flying. Oh, on. yeah, wigs are flying. <laughs> That's all stage. Well, I think it's, it's, it's got to be it's fake. Right. Oh, it They'd is. be liable for too much stuff. Yeah. I agree. This might be a medical urban legend, but... There's oh, here we the, go. The, the, there's been emergency room visits where a man will bring his wife in, woman, mm-hmm. because she has bad abdominal pain, Uh-oh. and uh, they'll they'll take her in and examine her um, and do the appropriate tests. And the doctor comes out and tells the husband, "Well, I, I just well. want you to know that well, I want you to know that your wife has bad prostatitis." Oh, oh God. Because when you have a change, mm-hmm. when you when you go through the sex change, they do not remove the prostate, oh. and it's still there, and they it's still don't. Well, no, why would oh, they? No. I suppose. Oh, that, yeah, that's true. Why? Oh, they? that's a big. You don't want to be. Oh, yeah, it's, it's big enough trying to get to get them switched from the guy to the woman, 
But to take the prostate out, that's a whole different level of surgery and things and risks. So no, they don't. No, it's, it's still there. That's a tough road to hoe right there, man. Well, that's what that's how you're born a genetic a, a genetic sex. You have to respect the fact that you, on a continued ongoing basis, are going to have medical problems related to you mm-hmm. being that sex. Yeah, I suppose that's true. true. Yeah. I never thought about that. that. I never you know, did either. That's true. So you have a higher risk of breast cancer if you're a man that's got, or a woman's gone to a man. I mean, all those things are just you have to really respect that so that. You're cared for properly. Actually, you know, men have the same amount of breast cancer as women. No, they just have less breast tissue. No, they don't. Yes, they do. The the incidence is not as great in men. Well, the incidence, but, I mean, what if you you adjusted for the amount of fat tissue there? I still don't think it's because the incidence of breast cancer for women is like 11%, and it goes up if you have genetic predisposition. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've never seen a man with breast cancer. I have. I have one friend. Okay, one buddy. Yeah? Yep. Well, you get a sit in the ringer. That's unlucky. Thank you very much. Great to be <laughs> oh here. My God. I love that saying. Honestly, guy, that was a, that's like an old grandma, grandpa oh, saying. Oh yeah, because those old washing machines that happened. Yeah, it actually <laughs> did happen. They do the hand crank ringer and they get their no, jug the machine crank. Oh, that'd be even worse. <laughs> that was a lever on it. You hit it to, to let your hand out or work. Your other out. Oh, look at the cops pull that guy over. He's got his tit. Right here. <laughs> <laughs> That's very funny. Aren't you we never heard that, LA. Our guest. We do. Well, we have to take a break right here. So our guest will be on with us in just a couple of minutes. We will be back with our very special guest. And this is all for Andy. We're very excited about this. Cassie took oh, care of it. We'll be right back. This is. Tom Bernard Show. Tom Bernard here to tell you, Priority Courier Experts has immediate openings for drivers looking for more. Priority drivers are independent contractors who set their own hours, start from their own driveways, and deliver local on-call parcels and freight, which means you're home for dinner every night, and you get paid weekly. Right now, Priority's driver-friendly lease-to-own program has brand-new dock trucks, flatbeds, curtain sides, and tractor trailers just waiting to be driven home. And Priority is also offering a $4,000 sign-on bonus to qualified drivers. So if you've got the skills, we can get you qualified to start driving a brand new truck in as little as three days. Calling all drivers, come get the $4,000 sign-on bonus you deserve for all the knowledge and experience you bring to the delivery business. Call Roger or Eddie right now at 651-748-4477 or visit them online at Priority.com. Priority Courier Experts. Every time you call us, we deliver. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. When you call Sabre for service, you'll get a certified technician that's an expert at diagnosing, repairing, and installing heating and air conditioning equipment. Sabre Techs give you the service you need, not the other stuff that you don't need. When you combine that with Sabre's A rating for customer service and the best equipment from Bryant, you get exactly what you need. So make the call to Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning today. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. What is this, the theme song from Medical Center? <laughs> this is Dr. Doctor by Thompson Twins. Oh, oh. Dr. Doctor, okay. Which I'm going to go see at the State Fair, but only one of the Thompson Twins. The other Twins. Dr. Doctors are real Dr. Doctor songs. <laughs> Dr. Doctor. Give Tell me the me news. news. Ladies and gentlemen, our very special guest, Dr. Thomas Navayaser. Am I saying your last name properly, Doctor? Absolutely. Thank you. Navayaser. It's like Leviathan. Navayaser. I I just took a guess, but what is is Ponavayaser? What is Ponavayaser? Ponavayaser. That's my father. (laughs) (laughs) That's very funny, Dr. Tom. Uh, But I guess Ponavayaser is a Hebrew word. I don't know. See, we, I don't know either. We learn something new every day. Dr. Thomas Neviaser, this is we're, what we're doing, Dr. Neviaser, is torturing our son. He's here. He knows a lot about uh, medicine, medical. He has great medical vocabulary. We have a doctor with us as, as well, Dr. Ralph Basham. This, we were looking forward to this all day because uh, this should be a fascinating segment. Dr. Thomas Navias, or pop quiz, how is your medical vocabulary? If your doctor tells you your pain is idiopathic, what does he mean? Andy, what does he mean if your pain is idiopathic? Uh, the cause is unknown. Oh. Correct. Oh, God. <laughs> he's ding, go- ding, ding. You know, doctor, he's going to show up. That's our son. It's good. He's going to show up all That's a day. pretty, you know, I didn't know that. One. My doctor tells me nothing's wrong with you every time I go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm here to tell you something is wrong with you. I know. I agree. <laughs> doctor, we'll, we'll turn it over to you. Uh, this is a fascinating subject. Pop quiz, how is your medical vocabulary? 
How did this all well, start? Well, I tell you, uh, I, I wrote a book called The Way I See It, and a head-to-toe guide on common orthopedic conditions, and it was solely written for the layperson. And the reason I did that is because one of my pet fees while in practice was that patients didn't understand the big medical words doctors use, mm-hmm. and when they described their aches and pains, they tended to tune out whatever else was said after hearing an unfamiliar word. So I decided mm. to write a book uh, describing the definitions and phonetically spelling out the words and giving them uh, as much information about the disease process we're talking about so that they more intelligently can talk to their doctors. I think it's wonderful. Decompressive laminectomy, Andy, what does that mean? Uh, that's a good... Decompressive, decompressive laminectomy. laminectomy? Your spine exploding? <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> As a physician, yeah, when you that's see the surgeon, that's pretty much what it looks like. Procedure, yes. Okay, so what is a decompressive laminectomy, Dr. Neviaser? A decompressive laminectomy is usually used in patients in the lower portion of their back for what they call spinal stenosis and uh, chronic arthritic changes. Uh, the lamina, which is the arch of the bone mm-hmm. that covers the back of the spinal cord and its ligaments and so forth, is called the lamina. And when you do a decompressive laminectomy, ectomy means removal. So it's removal of the lamina in order to decompress the area. So our son's description as you blow somebody's spine well. up is probably right. <laughs> that would be like a decompression laminectomy. <laughs> yeah, decompression, exactly. It's totally different. <laughs> It's always been, uh, I have a number of friends that are doctors, and I, I love it when they, the worst part of it, I will tell you something, Dr. Neviaser, and it used to upset me to no end. I used to watch the show House. That uh, <laughs> Okay, I'd watch the show House, and about five minutes in, my, my friend Dr. Paul Olson go, oh, this is what's wrong with them. Well, you just ruined it for yeah, me. I got 55 alert. more minutes, but he already told me what the, what the outcome's going to be. Thank you so much. That's absolutely right. I used to watch that myself, and I would try to make the diagnosis. Obviously, they try to find the most obscure diagnosis that any medical physician could ever think of. But uh, over time, you could sort of figure out what they were talking about. Now, how long would it take you to diagnose uh, the condition? About five minutes, like Dr. Olson? Well, I think some of the ones they came up with uh, were very difficult. Uh, oh, things yeah. like uh, amoebic uh, uh, yeah. meningitis. Mm-hmm. That oh, was one of yeah, them. I mean, my yeah. God, I, I didn't even know these amoeba were in the water, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember that episode. The, yeah, kids, I, the kid was went up his seeing, nose. the kid saw it in his eyes yeah, and was drawing that it. That, that was, a, that was yeah. a different one. No, that was, no, no, oh, that, that was a different that's, one? That's visceral larva migraine. Yeah, that, that was parasites uh, from the, the dirt that he ate because wow. he was autistic and he couldn't talk, yeah. so they didn't, yeah. Let's all remember one thing as we go forward here. I'm just a disc jockey, so watch what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them do sound rather uh, obscene, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> they kind of do. You know, I, I, my, I, I was having severe lower back pain, like bad. And my lower back pain was so intense that I couldn't, sometimes couldn't even walk. And it ended up being a, an intestinal problem. Yeah, the referred a, pain. An intestinal problem inflaming in my lower intestine, pushing on my spine. I get that all the time because I have and IBS and it feels it, like my back hurts. It took me to communicate really well with my doctor mm-hmm. to find the problem because they, were, they weren't looking there at all. Like Absolutely. This happens a lot of it, and especially in orthopedics. When there's there's children and it develops some problems in their hip, their pain shows up in their knee. That's what's called referred pain. Oh. And oftentimes, physicians just go after the knee and get x-rays. It's normal. The exam is normal, and they just leave the patient go. But in actuality, they're developing some real difficult problems to treat in their hip. So this is the type of thing that uh, physicians need to know. Yeah, same same thing with shoulder. Shoulder pain can refer, can give you epicondylitis. That happened to me. I did the PT on the shoulder. It all went away. So, yeah, the shoulder pain is usually referred to the big muscle on the side of your humerus, yeah. called the deltoid. Neck pain is uh, referred to the muscle across the back of your neck to your shoulder. So most of the people always are saying, well, my shoulder hurts. Well, it isn't your shoulder. It's really from your neck. Mm-hmm. But if you tell the doctor your shoulder hurts, the next thing you know, he starts looking for shoulder problems. I have heard 
Dr. Neviser and Dr. Basham, uh, that because some of the coverage is so good for people now that some doctors, not all doctors, of course, just a small percentage of them, perform every test they possibly can because they're going to get paid. That's my. That's where is that I, true? My doctors do it. They they X-ray ultrasound everything they can possibly do. See, I liked it better when I was like nineteen and once. And then I like, then I tell them that that that's not the problem. Tell them what the problem is. And they the fight problem it. is you interrupt people right in the middle of their sentences. <laughs> that's the problem right there. Yeah. yeah, they actually we don't get paid for ordering an MRI. We don't get paid for ordering a CAT scan or a Doppler examination. We don't get paid for any of that. Uh, and we don't even know sometimes the people that the, are doing the procedures because the patients go to different oh, yeah. institutions mm-hmm. to yeah. get them done. So we don't get paid for any of that. That's a myth. Yeah, i got I to tell you something, Dr. Neviser. I bet your wife thinks you're on the golf course right now, doesn't she? No, she knows I'm having an interview, and she's probably <laughs> listening right now. <laughs> <laughs> so i got to be nice. Yeah, you're, well, you're very nice. You're, you're a great guest so far. And I'm learning a lot from... All of you, as a matter of fact, just listening to uh, the situation. Um, The entire business of of medicine, whether it be, you know, psychological or physical or whatever it is, I have known a lot of doctors throughout my life, and it's pretty fascinating watching different people do different things. And and you you guys and women, obviously, the the women and men uh, physicians, you're amazing to me because you see some horrible things. You handle it very, very well. You always seem to be very kind and caring about your patient. I have yet to run into a doctor who's not very kind. Of course, I'm a public figure, so I could just rip the hell of money here. So I suppose that might be one reason. But um, no, I, I do admire doctors because, man, one thing I have noticed, and I'll, I'll reference the golf course again here. This is not Dr. Neviser. This is Tom. I will be sitting with a few doctors having lunch, and every one of them, about five people come over and go, hey, doc, there's something wrong with my left ankle. What? You guys get hit on for advice constantly. It's amazing you put up with that. Well, it's absolutely true. You go to a cocktail party, you go anywhere else, oh. and uh, as soon as they find you're a doctor, they, yes, they ask these uh, funny questions. I usually retort by uh, saying, do you have insurance? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's wonderful. I think it's a great. Where did you grow up, Doctor Neviser? I grew up actually in Washington D.C. That was uh, where I was born, and then after that, of course, went away for all the other educational experiences. I returned to D.C. when uh, to go to George Washington Medical School. Oh, you did? At most of yeah, went to most of my training in orthopedics was done in New York City. Started my practice in 1973. Retired. Uh, later on in uh, 2004, and uh, been enjoying life ever since. And but I still have a heart for orthopedic surgery, and uh, I love talking about it. I give uh, uh, presentations on low back pain, shoulders, and uh, knees for free if anybody wants to listen. And, and that's why I call my book the way I see it, because everything that I've written and everything I talk about is definitely the way I see it. And uh, what got me through all the years of orthopedic surgery and the successes I obtained. Doctor, how long does it take to write the book? A year. Okay. That's pretty good. Yeah. You know, it's really funny because I, I sometimes it can be so simple and people are so good at it. I was getting pain in my left ankle, my left knee, my left hip, and I mean, it, it was pretty, not intense pain, but there was a strong pain there, and I, uh, I went to the doctor, and the doctor said, uh, so when, you're, when your feet turn in, that's supination? Because pronation is if they turn out, right? Now, supination is of the foot. Right. Your foot. Okay. When right. you toe in, that's an internal rotation. We toe out. That's external rotation. Actually, the towing in comes from the t- can come from your tibia, and it comes from your hip as well. So when people walk with their toes in, it's not really their feet. It's uh, what we call tibial torsion, or uh, it occurs up in the hip. What's interesting, doctor, is that is that I got some inserts in my shoes, which kind of I walk on the outsides of my feet now instead of the insides, and it, all the pain is gone. 
I, I just there's something that yeah. simple. It's wonderful. Yeah, it's like the foundation that, of a building being messed yeah, up. It'll I suppose, it'll yeah. mess up the whole building. Absolutely. Most people don't really wear shoes that fit them, number right, one. Right, And uh, they, there is no support of the arch. A lot of people don't have a normal arch. There's some people that have a hyper arch, which is very high, and there's others that are much more obvious on the flat foot side. When the flat foot side occurs, that's pronation. Oh, so that's pronation. Okay. tends to fall to the inside. And supination is the other way. It's the outside. Okay, so I needed to yeah. supinate, not pronate. Right. That makes total sense. To yeah, me. I got a pair of running shoes uh, a while back. They said, oh, you're, you're, you need these pronating shoes. I forget. They, they, gave me, they gave me the wrong shoes. They didn't give me a neutral shoe. They gave me the wrong shoe. Oh, I just gosh. grabbed the shoe. I said, oh, well, these people know what they're talking about. So I went and I ran in on these uh, shoes for, oh, about three or four weeks. Uh, I, my legs hurt so bad. I got uh, tensor fasciitis so bad oh, that God. I could hardly walk. And oh. I said, I don't think these are the right shoes. They go, oh, yeah, they're the wrong shoes. Um. Here are the neutral shoes. <laughs> true, oh, true my story. bad. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, sorry. I, I, I will say this again, Dr. Neviser and Dr. Basham. Uh, we all often uh, thank police officers, firefighters for their service, but thank you guys and women for your service as well because – it's I who knows if I hadn't gone and seen a doctor, I, I may have ended up not being able to move at all. And it was something as simple as getting the right insert in my wearing, as you said, the proper shoes. That's all it was. It's amazing. Absolutely. This is a classic. You just need to listen to the patient. You know, when we were in medical school, that's what they used to tell us. Listen to the patient. He's telling you the diagnosis. Yeah. And in most a lot of physicians don't. They jump on the, the diagnosis right away. They have a lot to do. So if just like I was talking about shoulder uh, referral and neck referrals, they're treating the wrong things because they're not listening to the, di- to the patient and asking the absolute correct question. That is wonderful. Thank you again for your service. I'm very serious about that, and I'm sure people never thank doctors for their service, but you uh, people are amazing. You really are. And thank you very much for your time today. book is available everywhere? Uh, It's uh, on Amazon, yes, and it's called The The Way I See It, and it's called, and the subtitle is The Way, I mean, A Head-to-Toe Guide to Common Orthopedic Conditions. Wonderful. And your next it's on book Amazon, is, and you can find it under my name. I understand your next book is called Shut Up and Let Me Eat Lunch. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Doctor. I appreciate you having the time to uh, talk to me. Oh, it was a great pleasure, believe me. Thank you, Dr. Neviser. You're welcome. Uh, have a good day. You too. What a great guy. You know, Ralph, yeah. doctors really do have a great personality. He, I like how he's, he basically said that there are a lot of crappy doctors out there. <laughs> Without well, there saying are. that there's a lot of crappy doctors out there. There's a lot of crappy everything, and that unfortunately doesn't end with doctors. That yep. is true. Great guest, though, Dr. Thomas Neviaser. We'll be right back. Tom Bernard, Chef.